0: So, is it just me, or is summer speeding by? I mean, here at Shul, in case we might have otherwise failed to get the message, summer's waning days are announced strikingly, with a shofar blast every morning for the month of Elul, summoning us to pay attention. The new year is coming. Well, that shofar blast must have reached all of the schools because this week, schedules and forms came flooding in like a mountain, including all of the plans for this year's college move-in, which is suddenly around the corner again. Last year, I read all the articles for a first-time college parent. Articles with titles like Seven Things Not to Do at College Drop-Off, and The 14 Types of Parents You Will Encounter at College Drop-Off, and my personal favorite, The Good, The Bad, and The Clingy. But as we pulled onto campus to discover that our daughter's room was up six separate banks of stairs in the sweltering August heat, I noticed that there was a category of parents that the article had missed. The one smart enough to have brought a moving dolly. So this year, I reached out to one of our Temple Emmanuel members who I've known for years whose father is an engineer. His passion project was to develop a moving dolly that could schlep stuff up and down stairs with ease. Instead of only one wheel on each side it has three wheels that roll gently over each step and I had gotten one for my mother To help her years ago to bring her grocery bags up her walkway. And so I wondered, did they have a stronger model for moving? It turns out they did. Not only that, but they had a deluxe cart that carries up to 200 pounds. I was sold. I called our member who said, Her parents just happened to be coming to town anyway, and they would be happy to bring that with them. When I arrived for pickup, they surprised me by saying, we didn't bring one cart, we brought two for you to choose from. You see, you ordered the more expensive, more heavyweight model, but we think that that's gonna be much more than you need. As they showed me the virtues of the cart with fewer bells and whistles, lighter and more limber, but still well-equipped to handle even the most serious move-in, they shook their heads and said, everybody thinks that they need the highest capacity, but actually most people would be happier with less. It felt like They were talking about more than just a cart. You know, we're hardwired for more. And it's a tale as old as time. Our Parsha this morning featured a cautionary tale about a king and his carts. When we got to the land, the Torah says that we're going to want a king to help us feel secure, to help us fit in with everybody else. Other nations have a king, we have a king. It's all good, but in seeking that security, we will make ourselves vulnerable to a cycle of want that is fundamentally insatiable. The king will want too. In fact, he'll be the poster child for it, and so the Torah commands he may not acquire many horses for himself so that he will not bring the people back to Egypt. Why go from collecting horses all the way back to the shadow of slavery in Egypt, our rabbis ask, to teach us that the pull towards ever more that we think will secure us can actually enslave us. With so much broken in our world, so much unstable and unsteady, that age-old instinct siren song is strong. If I accumulate more, more stuff, more prestige, more money, more influence, I'll perhaps be insulated from the struggles that surround all of that that I see out there, I will build up my walls so that it will not get in here. But there are two problems with that. One, we're not meant to be isolated from the struggles that others face. We're meant to hear and hold each other's sufferings. And two, It actually doesn't work. Anyone who has had or has loved ones who are suffering a health crisis, or perhaps you yourself know, anyone watching the news from Ukraine to Maui knows that no matter how much we have, our world can turn upside down in an instant. And so Pirkei Avot famously guides us, Ezehu Ashir HaSameach Bechelko, who is rich, the one who is satisfied with what they have. And it sounds simple, but that satisfaction is surprisingly hard to cultivate. The world around us is geared towards always getting us to want. Why have a small when you could have a grande? Moreover, there's a strong counter voice. The tension that we all feel between striving, which we know is important, and satisfaction. If we're too satisfied, we worry, we'll lose our edge our drive to make ourselves and to make our world better. More is more. So often, striving gets put in the front seat. Satisfaction, not so much. And there's an imbalance. How then do we cultivate in a world of striving the satisfaction that we need to find some measure of happiness. Well, one approach is famously suggested by the great rabbinic sage, Joni Mitchell. She says, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. We can sing this again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And And yet, it's a tough lesson to hold on to. The reason that we put it on the radio is because our souls seem to not always get it. But this approach suggests that in contemplation of potential loss, that we could somehow find appreciation for what we have now. That's a teaching that's embodied in our Parsha too. When preparing for war, officers are commanded to ask, Is there someone who has been called up to serve, who has built a house, but not yet lived in it? Someone who has planted a vineyard, but has not yet drunk the wine? Someone who has gotten married, but not yet honeymoon? If so, the Torah's answer is go home, go enjoy these things while you have them. For we all know, life is fleeting. But you wouldn't think that we would need to be reminded. And yet often we are like those ancient soldiers. We show up to the proverbial front lines of work, of busyness, of striving, thinking that everything will just be there for us when we return. But of course... Not just in war, but in life, there are no guarantees. And so today, we are reminded the invitation to lift up our blessings is always open. And we're asked, what do you have to celebrate today? It may be obvious, a baby naming or a special birthday, or an anniversary. Walking together after all of these years, or it may take a little more work to uncover. Maybe it's that we woke up this morning. We put on our shoes. Maybe it's that we're here. Whatever it is, the time to hold it, The time to lift it, our Parsha says, is now. A second approach to cultivating satisfaction is suggested by that story of the king in our Parsha today. If he's not supposed to pursue horses or wives or other material things, what should a king do? The answer, anybody know it? Learn. The specific prescription is that he should write two copies of a Torah scroll. Not only does that keep the king out of trouble, it also requires in his writing that he be reading and learning the stories of our ancestors. Their highs and lows, their struggles and their triumphs animate his values. And the Torah continues, That he should do this so that his heart will not be arrogant over his people. So that he will learn you cannot be here if others are there. Your story, our story, is one of connecting our fortunes to those of others. Our story is one of making sure that we never look away, that we see, that we care, and that we respond. The king cannot separate himself from the struggles of others. He cannot insulate himself behind these high walls of material security. Instead, he is called on to find commonality and compassion. He is called on to make do with less so that he can do more. That's what we're all called on today to do as well. It's so easy to get compassion fatigue. There's so much wrong everywhere we look, but our deepest wisdom is that we are at our best when we serve others. Whether it is helping in the recovery efforts in Maui, activism for Israel, worthy causes here at home, or just finding the time to share a kind world, it's Elul. The shofar is calling, and now is our time to serve. That is the wisdom of the college moving cart. (laughs) May we be happier with less so that we can do more. Shabbat shalom.